0: This is Lifelinks with a DL link.
1: This is 101.9 High FM. Of course, this is the DL link show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. The DL Link, an outstanding organization which was founded all the way back in 2010 by Michelle Goodman and Jackie Artsilla. And uh, really just providing a nurturing safe space where patients who are faced with cancer as well as their families can turn to for support. So every week we just bring you inspiring stories and information and uh, we're just delighted that you tune in. So this week, boy, just another fantastic show and quite a controversial show that we have coming up so I hope uh, you're ready for it and I hope that you're looking forward to it because I have really been looking very forward to having Dr. Peter Glidden on the show um, to talk about cancer and to talk about the treatment and really questioning chemotherapy and looking at alternative treatments. We have discussed it on the show before but uh, we're not with someone like Dr. Peter Glidden. So Dr. Glidden, welcome. Welcome to the show. Really, really lovely to have you join us today.
0: Uh, it's my pleasure. I, 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 appreciate, uh, I appreciate the platform and what you do because, you know, we're all in this together and we really just need to um, have an adult conversation about treatment strategies like this. And it's very difficult to do because we haven't lived inside of a free medical market for over 100 years. The medical market has been monopolized for quite a long time, and it's the monopoly which um, lends itself to uh, uh, proliferation of ideas, which is one-sided. Mm-hmm. And so, anything that we can do to, um, you know, bring bring people the other side of the story is always a really good idea.
1: So let's let's break this down a little bit. Um, you know, cancer is the diagnosis that you don't really want. We we have warriors who come onto the show, doctor, every week who talk about this diagnosis and how their life in a moment uh, changed irrevocably and um, uh, irreversibly. And, and so, what often we find is that once the diagnosis has been made it's the where to from there and there's um, a lot of questions to be answered, there's a a lot of ignorance around a particular diagnosis and then of course a lot of trust that is put in in, into a doctor's hands and we have incredible doctors we have incredible treatments, you know we speak to professors, we look at new kind of treatments which are are being uncovered all the time Um, but but we, we also have spoken about alternate treatments, and we we like to. A, a lot of times, we talk about it being a complementary um, treatment and a complementary therapy. But you're talking about something else here. You're saying that the 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 the, medi- the medical industry, we're talking about the pharmaceutical industry, is is affecting the way people are deciding in terms of treatment, the direction that people are going. So let's let's break that down for everyone to really understand when you have this kind of a diagnosis, don't you want to go to a doctor and and just get the very best treatment you can?
0: You do. Everybody wants to get the very best treatment that they can, but conventional so so it's it's kind of I think the best way to understand this is to to take a step back from the broader subject of medicine and understand one thing, that there's nobody in the world that practices medicine. Nobody practices medicine. There are many different types of medicine. Right. And the type of medicine which is predominant in the world right now is called allopathic medicine, Mm -hmm. and that's the medicine that the pharmaceutical industry is behind, and that's the medicine that medical doctors are trained in your medical doctor bless their heart is not trained in medicine i'm not trained in medicine nobody is your medical doctor is trained in one very specific type of medicine it's called allopathic medicine now there are many different other types there's homeopathic medicine naturopathic medicine botanical medicine traditional chinese medicine Mm -hmm. acupuncture ayurveda herbalism, many, many different type, chiropractic, osteopathic, many different types of medicine. Right. And they all uh, bring to uh, the table different treatment techniques, which are based on different medical philosophies. And they're all good for certain things and really bad for other things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The type of medicine that your medical doctor is trained in, allopathic medicine, is really good for surgery when it's necessary. For trauma care and for a handful of infectious diseases, that's the wheelhouse of allopathic medicine, and you know they should be congratulated for that. And thank God for Novocaine, right? Thank God for penicillin. Thank God for morphine and the and the sterile technique. These things are fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, You know, but when it comes to the treatment of chronic disease. You know, things that most people go to the doctor for most of the time, uh, high blood pressure and, and heart disease and fibromyalgia and arthritis and blood sugar issues and insomnia and things like that, allopathic medicine is not curative, and it's the wrong type of medicine to use, you know, and it doesn't cure anything. You know, the only, You know, if you go to a medical doctor with heartburn or arthritis or blood pressure or whatever, the treatments that are given are designed to manage the problem, not to cure the problem. And and it's the same with cancer. And it's a problem. You know, we need to have an adult open-minded conversation Mm -hmm. about what works and what doesn't work and move the conversation forward. But we can't do that because since 1912, this all started in 1912 in the United States, the allopathic medical profession Mm -hmm legislated themselves to the top of the heap and they kicked everybody else off of the bus of medicine. So the, the only medicine that's been legal to be practiced in the United States for a long time is allopathic medicine. The naturopathic doctors like myself, the chiropractors, the homeopaths, the acupuncturists, the Ayurvedic, everybody else got kicked off of the bus of medicine. And, you know, then the pharmaceutical industry comes in and they have, such massive amounts of money that that's really the thing that's fueling the medical industry in the world right now. And again, this I can prescribe drugs. This is not a diatribe against drugs. Mm-hmm. This is a plea for an open-minded, free medical market. We don't have a free medical market. If we had a free medical market, people would gravitate towards the treatment strategies that work. But we don't have a free medical market, so. If you have a diagnosis of cancer, you don't get to choose at your hospital. You don't have a naturopathic doctor and a homeopathic doctor and an Ayurvedic doctor. And all you have is an allopathic doctor. And all you your insurance pays for is allopathic medicine. And in a situation like this, your hands are tied. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, with pancreatic cancer, the survival rate is zero for after five years. of patients treated with chemotherapy for pancreatic cancer are dead. Stomach cancer, the same after five years, 98% of people treated with chemotherapy are dead. Ovarian cancer, after five years, 67% of people treated with chemotherapy are dead. Mm. For goodness sakes, Mm. it it doesn't work. And this is just an academic fact. It's not arguable. The, The Center for Disease Control knows this. The American Cancer Society knows this.
1: And and doctor, there you know, there's like
0: one type of yes. childhood leukemia that chemotherapy is good for. If chemotherapy worked, I would be a champion yeah. of it. But it does not work. It doesn't so we, work. Sorry and you to need interrupt this, you. Need to talk about it openly, but you you can't. No, yeah, no, I'm, no I'm
1: I'm so delighted we having this this, this conversation. It, as you said, it's so important, Doctor Glidden. Let's just let's just go back to the pancreatic cancer that you mentioned. Um, let's talk about the ovarian cancer that you mentioned. You spoke about the chemotherapy not working. So, if we had to look at the other type of medicine you were talking about, be it homeopathy, be it um, natu- uh, uh, naturopath, uh, be it acupuncture, be it the traditional Chinese medicines, looking at nutrition, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, how effective are those treatments um, in dealing with? pancreatic cancer and, and ovarian cancer, the examples that you used?
0: Nobody knows. And see, this is the problem because in the United States, right, my profession, naturopathic medicine, I, is only licensed and regulated in 20 states. 20 states, right? Uh-huh. And I don't know what it's like in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Most people don't even know how to pronounce naturopathy, let alone know what it does. Mm-hmm. And, and this is because of the lack of a free medical market, but it's an unfair comparison because the naturopathic medical profession does not have the funding that the allopathic medical profession has. We don't. There are no holistically oriented cancer treatment clinics anywhere in the world which are funded and you know run in a, in a, in a clinical way, which shows effectiveness. There's one cancer treatment place in the United States. There's one in Arizona that I would feel comfortable sending my cancer patients to, and it's a naturopathic treatment clinic. It's, but it's only one. There's, it's one clinic in the entire United States. There's another clinic in uh, the Philippines, which has, has some pretty good track record, but you can't compare what we do in the holistic community to what conventional medical doctors do because it's, it, you know, it's, it's apples and oranges.
2: Mm.
0: We don't have the clinical sites. We don't have the hospitals. We don't have the funding. We don't have the research. We don't have the legal right. <clears throat> We're the low man on the totem pole. And you know, this needs to change. We, this all needs to change. We need to have equal access. We need to have equal funding. We need to have equal research opportunities for all of this, but we don't. Mm-hmm. All the cancer patients have is medical doctor A or medical doctor B, this chemotherapy, that chemotherapy. Oh, yeah, well, the next breakthrough for cancer treatment is right around the corner. It's, it's, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And look, you don't have to be a statistical genius. You don't have to know anything about research. You don't have to know anything about how to read, you know, a medical research paper. All you have to do is ask yourself these questions. How many people in your life do you know who've had cancer in your personal life? How many of them are still alive? (laughs) Has it been more than five years? And what's the quality of their life like? Mm. If you ask those questions, it, it soon becomes glaringly apparent that the conventional treatment for cancer is a gigantic failure. And what needs to happen in the world is the medical doctors need to get the hell out of the way and they need to give everybody else a seat at the table. Mm. But they won't because it's gigantic money. Mm. It's gigantic money and it's a monopoly and it's been a monopoly for so long that it's not going to change and everybody is screwed as far as I'm concerned. Mm.
1: No, I mean, I... I and, I, and
0: I, you know, I, I know that's I probably it. not what you want to hear, but it's true.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I I, I, I hear you. I hear you, Doctor. You know, we had a a homeopath on the show last year. And, um, in fact, what was so interesting is, um, he, he worked closely with one of his patients who was then diagnosed with cancer. She was becoming a homeopath and she was a doctor as well. And, uh, he worked very closely with her and her oncology team. So it's, you know, as a homeopath, he said he's not ruling out the chemotherapy, the traditional, um, as you call it, the allopathic, um, but, um, the 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 homeopathy that was included was just such an incredible complementary treatment, but then you've got a homeopath who's prepared to do it. You've got oncologists who are prepared to do it. It's a group of people who are open minded and prepared to do it. There's this school of thought that there's no science behind homeopathy. There's no not enough research behind homeopathy. Meanwhile, it's all really all about the science. But um, I think it's just, there, there is a lot of ignorance around that, and I hear your frustration. I I absolutely do and uh, you know hopefully these kind of conversations will get more and more people aware of other types of treatment and with enough pressure you know maybe, maybe things can shift maybe things can change
0: well things are yeah and you're right and I agree and things are starting to change here you know in the United States when I graduated I've been practicing naturopathic medicine licensed naturopathic medicine in clinical settings for 30 years now mm-hmm. and When I first became a naturopathic doctor there, I think we were licensed and regulated in five states, in the United States. Now we're licensed and regulated in 20. Yeah, incredible. And more and more people are, you know, understanding it and and becoming aware of it. And and there is, you know, there is kind of a renaissance of of holistic schools of medicine. Mm. But when you take a step back and compare the size of my profession you know, and the clinical foothold that we have in the world with the size of the medical profession, it's not even, It's not, I mean, it's like, it's like comparing kindergarten to, you know, university. It's, it's, there's no comparison. It's not a fair, um, level playing field. And yeah. it's not even close to that. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's interesting from my point of view, because in, in, if, if in South Africa, somebody passed a law, right. That said, um, at Exxon Mobil was the only company that could sell oil in South Africa, or there was one bread company that could sell bread in, in South Africa. Nobody else could sell bread there. Or there's one company, only one company that can sell beer mm-hmm. in South Africa. Nobody mm-hmm. else can sell You wouldn't be okay with that. No. But that's what people have become okay with when it comes to medicine, Mm. right? Mm. And people don't even know that there is a monopoly because the monopoly existed before they were born. Mm. You know, it's all they've grown up with is MD-directed medicine. That's all that they know about. Mm. And so it's it's very, very frustrating. But, I mean, from the greater perspective, and, and, and listen, this is not a diatribe against conventional medicine. This is a plea for a free medical market. I have a lot of friends who are medical doctors, but the the simple fact of the matter is that medical doctors, bless their hearts, don't practice medicine. They practice allopathic medicine. Mm. And allopathic medicine is fantastic for surgery and a handful of infectious diseases and trauma care. But look, medical doctors don't even know what causes heartburn. They don't have no idea what causes it, and they have no idea how to cure it. They don't know what causes high blood pressure. They don't know how to cure it. They don't know what causes arthritis. They don't know how to cure it. They can manage all these things, and under their management and their care, you get worse as time goes by. And then you need another prescription medication, another surgery, and another prescription medication, another surgery, and the quality of your life goes down the hole. And so, you know, if these people, uh, again... You know, bless their hearts for the good stuff that they do. But if someone doesn't even know how to cure heartburn, how effective do you think they're gonna be at curing cancer? <laughs> okay, doctor, we, we're
1: gonna take a break. And, we're gonna take a break. And I wanna I wanna expand on this one. So stay with us. We're gonna be right back.
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL Link.
1: 101.93 FM, thank you so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. We are certainly having an illuminating conversation. Dr. Peter Glidden from the U.S. is on the line. We're talking about medicine. We're talking about allopathic medicine. Um, we're talking about um, holistic medicine. Um, and uh, and just really breaking down, Dr. Glidden, just before the break, um, you were saying, you know, if a doctor doesn't know what causes heartburn um, how can you possibly get to the bottom of it say so instead of just fixing the symptoms let's go to the cause but surely the cause I mean I'm a layman but isn't the cause because of certain diet or isn't the cause because of a certain amount of stress isn't that what causes heartburn and wouldn't a doctor be able to know that so am I completely off, off the, the path here are, are you saying that it shouldn't just be about treating a symptom it should be going to the
0: cause Yes, we should all go to the cause. I mean, that just makes sense, but that's not what allopathic doctors are trained in. That's not the method, that's not the model. That's not they're trained in a system of medicine which is oppositionally defiant. So when you have an illness, you give a medicine to to antagonize the illness. You give an antibiotic and anti-inflammatory, whatever. These medicines although they're effective, they're not curative because they don't get to the root cause of the illness. Mm-hmm. The, the root cause, there are many different things that can cause heartburn, for example. The, the the single biggest cause of heartburn are deficiencies in salt and deficiencies in calcium. Oh, wow. If there's not enough salt in your diet and there's not enough of the trace mineral calcium, your stomach acid is going to be weak. And it's weak stomach acid that causes heartburn, not too much stomach acid. It's not mm-hmm. enough stomach acid. <laughs> There can also be microbial infections that gain a foothold in your stomach because your stomach acid is too weak. But your medical doctors think heartburn is caused by too much stomach acid. That's never been proven. And so their treatments are designed to completely obliterate your body's ability to make any stomach acid whatsoever. (laughs) And so they give proton pump inhibitors and antacids. And as those medicines exert their influence in the body, the stomach is now completely unable to produce any stomach acid whatsoever. Right. Now, what do you? So your heartburn goes away, but what do you think is going to happen to your digestive Digestion. tract? What do you mm. think is going to happen to the nutritional status of your body? Mm. This is a point that nobody is aware of. Yeah. Everybody thinks because of uh, it's been over a hundred years of the monopoly that the medical doctor holds the secret decoder ring to all things medical. And everybody else is a back-of-the-bus quack who practices substandard, dangerous, alternative, unproven, unscientific treatments, and all of that is a lie. My medicine is science-based and clinically verified. Homeopathic medicine is science-based, clinically verified. Mm. For goodness sakes, they've been doing acupuncture in China for 5,000 years. I think it's an effective treatment. But the medical doctors, you know, They have gone out of their way to tell you and everybody else in the world that me and my colleagues are quack and that we don't even deserve a seat at the table. And, you know, it's it's a ridiculous conversation. There are a few clinics around the world that are doing complementary medicine where you have, you know, people like myself working side by side with medical doctors. Yeah. But in my experience of 30 years... You know, those are few and far between, and even the clinics that are practicing complementary medicine, it's the medical doctor who is the king, and it's everybody else who is, you know, taking a, a seat at the child's table, and oh. it, it has to stop, yeah. or otherwise we're, that the health of humanity is, 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 it, is bad right now, and it's getting worse
1: because well, we, we, of the
0: medical yeah. monopoly. And, and cancer is a perfect example.
1: Exactly. There's such an increase in, in, in cancer and cancer diagnosis. I mean, again, we've had these conversations. You know, there's some people in South Africa who say, well, you know, it seems as if there seems to be more cancer, but it's just that there's more, you know, before a lot of people weren't diagnosed, whereas now they are diagnosed. But certainly in our community, and we look at the DL Link, this organization, um, that's what the show is all about. Within a short period of time, we're looking at... Seven hundred and twenty families just within the community that that are being looked after the, by, by the DL Link, and it just seems to be growing. There definitely seems to be an increase, and 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 I still hear, your, yeah, and I hear your it's your
2: collaboration mm,
1: mm. We've got to get to the bottom at the it bottom of it, the root.
0: Cancer is increasing, but look at it this way, right? If if there was an, an automobile, who's the biggest? like automobile importer in South Africa? I mean, it, what's, what's, what's let's the say big Toyota. automobile? Let's say Toyota. Okay, so if Toyota Motor Company, if their cars uh, if caught on fire two months after you drove them off the lot, right? They, they had an engine failure, the engines caught on fire, the transmissions fell out. If that consistently happened with, the, with those automobiles, people would stop buying them,
1: mm-hmm. Right, right.
0: They go somewhere else. But when under the care of conventionally trained medical doctors, cancer increases, cancer treatments fail, arthritis increases, autism increases, attention deficit disorder increases, Alzheimer's increases, obesity increases. When all of these illnesses get worse and worse and worse, we don't fire the medical doctor. It happened on their watch. It happened while we were under their care. And then when we go to them for treatment, the treatments are not curative. And the only reason that these people continue to have a job is because they own the medical market. There's no other alternative. There, there are none. They they, they could see, turn around.
1: The they they could turn around and say that they don't control what people eat. They don't control people's exposure to pollution. They can't control um, those kind of things. I mean, could you, you? You know, if someone's living an unhealthy life, they're living an unhealthy life. A doctor can't control that, surely.
0: But doctor, so if, but if you were to go to your doctor and ask them how do I live a healthy life, they wouldn't be able to tell you what to do because mm-hmm. they're not trained in how to do that. And look, these people are, it's the wheelhouse of the conventionally trained medical doctor is surgery when it's necessary.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, your leg gets blown off in a landmine, heaven forbid, you have a bullet in your shoulder, you fall down and break your leg, you have a bleeding artery. This is their wheelhouse. This yeah. is what they're exceptionally good at. But while we have given ourselves over to their care, right, while they have had exclusive control Over the development and the delivery of medicine, everybody's getting sicker. It happened on their watch,
2: Hmm.
0: and the only reason that they maintain a seat at the table is because they kicked everybody else off of the table, Mm -hmm. and they didn't allow a free medical market. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wouldn't believe the things that I and my colleagues have seen people recover from here. You wouldn't believe it. You would not believe the things I have seen people experience cures from with naturopathic medical therapeutics. It's the biggest kept secret in the world. Mm. And you know, we need to have very well funded, you know, if, if naturopathic medical treatment clinics, if there was a Saudi Arabian prince with ten billion dollars and he wanted to fund a naturopathic cancer treatment clinic within ten years we could completely change the conversation sure. about cancer. But that's what it's gonna say. Wow. Yeah it's going to take gigantic money and you know I honestly don't think it's going to happen in our
1: lifetime. listen this is a this is a sobering um topic and and something that we all have to wake up to the reality of of what it is but I I just want to you know you you wrote the book um the MD Emperor has no clothes um in the book you talk about <laughs> and I love I absolutely love that title you talk about 10 questions that should be asked um and, and I think I, and, and I don't expect you to remember all questions, but for our listeners right now, um, you go into the doctor's room and you get this horrific uh, diagnosis that changes your life. W- what are the questions? What, what should you be asking your doctor there and then?
0: All right, first question and this is easy and, and by the way, my, my, I, my books are just now available via ebooks. For a ridiculously low price, I think the, the MD Emperor, the price of the MD Emperor is $5 US oh as an e-book, and you can get it at Amazon.com. But anyway, here are the questions. Number one, doctor, what causes my cancer? That's a pretty good question, right?
1: Yeah, yeah I think so.
0: Uh, what causes my cancer, doctor? The doctor's not going to know because nobody knows what causes cancer. And if the doctor tells you it's genetic, that's a dodge and you want to ask the doctor, oh, really, it's genetic, then why is there more and more and more of it, not less and less and less of it? I thought Darwin argued for survival of the fittest. So if it was genetic, shouldn't there be less and less of it? Shouldn't the cancer people have been weeded from the herd a long time ago? Mm -hmm. And, oh, by the way, which gene is it and which chromosome is it on? Blah, blah, blah. Number one, what causes my cancer? Number two, will your treatment cure my cancer? a pretty good question yeah
1: i think so well
0: if your treatment and it won't and if your treatment won't cure my cancer what can i expect from it what's it going to do to me what's the treatment going to do to me is it going to cure me yes or no if it's no what's it going to do what are the side effects of the treatment going to be how are you going to treat the side effects can the treatment give me cancer The, the answer is yes most of the time a major side effect of chemotherapy is cancer can your treatment give me cancer? Oh, really? It can give me cancer? It's not going to cure my cancer? Well, what percentage of the time are your treatments going to generate cancer in your patient? How much money are you going to make from this treatment? How much money is the hospital going to make from this treatment? Mm. And I need the name of five patients that you've treated with this type of cancer who lived for more than five years, because mm. I want to call them up and ask them what their quality of life was like, what their experience was like, and how they're doing with their cancer. Thank you very much. These are just reasonable questions that a reasonable person would ask. People ask more questions about their automobile before they buy an automobile than they do about chemotherapy, about cancer treatment. That is so They true. don't ask anything. That is so They can do what the doctor tells them to do, mm. and then they suffer and die. Mm. And then their relatives are so grief-stricken that they organize a 5K run, you know, for breast cancer, and they give you know, $100,000 to the medical profession under whose care their relative got cancer in the first place and whose treatment was ineffective. It's nuts. Mm. It's we're like mad people here. It's, it's like we're Alice in Wonderland down the looking glass. It's crazy mm. what we put up with. We just need to bring common sense to bear. Doctor, will your treatment cure my cancer? That's a pretty good question to ask, I think.
1: Wow, Dr. Glidden. I mean... I think that you've, you've asked many questions. I think many of our listeners are listening very closely and, um, and I think are going to, you know, it's not that it's a, it's a, not that they're going to make immediate change, but just the idea that they, first of all, have choice, that they, that they should be asking questions, that, um, that we, we all should be looking at exactly a holistic correct. approach. It's, it's so important. So I want to thank you for coming onto the show today. You've been absolutely amazing and you're very, very passionate about it <laughs> and please god you know more more funds will go into looking at this kind of uh, this kind of holistic treatment and please god people who are diagnosed with cancer will will have greater choices in terms of uh, in terms of the direction that they go in so thank you so much
0: you're welcome i appreciate what you're doing i appreciate the platform um keep up the good work because I, your your listeners I think need what you do more than you know. Oh, that, thank you that. and so I, I, I appreciate you very much. Thanks a million.
1: Thank you, Dr. Glidden, and take care, and hopefully we'll chat again soon. go well. Thank you. Bye bye. We're going to take a break, Dr. Peter Glidden. Um, and if you are interested, that book is called The MD Emperor Has No Clothes. And um, the questions are there, fascinating, thought provoking. Um, and um, as Dr. Glidden said, going, yeah, so you can, you can get the ebook. Just go to Amazon.com. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back.
0: This is Lifelinks with a DL link.
1: This is 101.9 High FM And you're listening to the DL Link Show Where we connect you through insights, information And illumination I'm Nikki Seberini It is wonderful to have you on the show Listening um, and taking part In these very interesting discussions That we're having Um, Of course, uh, really quite a Controversial conversation with Dr. Peter Glidden um, And Dr. Glidden Incredibly outspoken about the the Medical industry, Certainly talking about it in the United States The amount of money that Goes to the allopathic medicine The amount of money that goes Into research um, and He's just saying that all the other Types of medicine be it naturopathic Be it um, homeopathic Be it um, a Traditional Chinese medicine Etc etc he's saying That the same amount of money should go into Researching um, those Different types of treatments and that they Could go a very long way in helping people with cancer treatment so we're continuing with this conversation and I, I hope that you're finding it interesting, I certainly am um, Haley Frank who is a breast cancer uh, warrior um, and uh, we've had her on the show before, she um, has shared part of her story, I'm so delighted she is back on on the show with us, um, she was talking about using cannabis oil and we're going to continue with the conversation because Haley is a great believer in using these kind of alternatives or complementary treatments. So, Hayley, welcome. Lovely, lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, Nikki. Nice to be back. How are you? Show. How are you doing? I'm at, yeah, I'm actually
3: doing quite well, I must be honest. You know, um, the protocol of this disease is very finicky because for me, I change protocol depending on what's going on, health-wise, emotional, spiritual, whatever, do you know? Yeah. So I think that cancer, like when you say cancer warrior, it kind of rattles me a little bit. Because I don't want to talk about cancer as a warrior, as me as a warrior, like as a fighter. I don't believe that's, for me, a good approach. So I look at it more as like my teacher. How can I improve my life? What can what can I see where I've gone wrong? Good, mm, bad, ugly, mm, beautiful. Mm, you know? I love so it's I, a I love that. Kind of
1: disease. You know? I, I love that. I love that, Haley. Um, and it's so funny because we've again we've spoken about it before and on the show, and some people talk about it. You know, I'm not fighting cancer. How can I fight yeah. something that's in me? That's something that my own body made. Exactly. Um, it's like there, part and of I'm That part of
3: God, and uh, then the good and the bad come, and then you say, look, I'll take only the good. I uh, mean, it's just not feasible,
1: uh, or even truthful, you know? Uh, really. uh, and yet for some people, Haley, they need to see it as something that doesn't belong to them, you know, I suppose. Yeah, we no, process absolutely things so directly. don't me and we? In my
3: opinion, and how I look <laughs> at it, and everyone's entitled, and obviously masked
1: follow the heart and well that's what's so lovely about the show is that we get so many different opinions I mean we've just had mm. Dr. Glidden who's just so outspoken and he's very very passionate about it, it. I and love that I also love it and I love it that we can have the conversation and I love yeah. that people can then choose because once you have mm. information well then then mm. you you have a greater choice so Haley, for those who missed your story tell us because you you've been on quite a journey would you like to share okay. it with us please I mean, I can can sort of give you a
3: short story, because it's a long story. I was basically um, diagnosed in 2016 after breaking a rib at gym. However, I had been very health conscious, going for mammograms, testing my saliva, and on a level, I kind of knew that I was at a high risk of breast cancer. However, when I went to my Um, radiologist to do a mammogram she refused and finally I did go again in October of that year and I still couldn't find anything of the year before so when I was finally diagnosed unfortunately my cancer had not had spread to the bones but thank God not to any of the organs and I can say two years later I'm in a better place than I was then however I'm not cancer free and I don't have attachment to that.
2: Whether, so you, whether you have cancer or whether
1: work. you don't, is that what you're saying? You don't have attachment to I don't to that. have an attachment to like what's going to happen tomorrow.
3: I mean, it just makes you, for me, it's not worth the suffering. Okay. It's not worth the mind suffering, feeling like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. You yeah. know what I mean? yeah. So you have to, I mean, I think at the end of the day, any kind of disease or any kind of something happening in your life has to be viewed in a, in a way that's going to be less suffering for the person. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I kind of really am working hard with that. And my health protocol is still cannabis. I've stopped for a month because some doctors say that cannabis, you know, that's very, very... Finicky because it's not regulated, and you never know if it's the best, the worst. You don't even know where it's coming from.
1: Yeah. You're talking about the actual cannabis oil. You're talking about the actual the product that you're buying. The
3: product that you buy because not everyone's telling you this is the best, and this one cured that one, and that one cured that one. So, yeah.
1: there's no regulation. After-
3: Uh, Two years of me being on cannabis and I'm feeling good and I wake up in the morning and I'm functional, thank God. I work, I go to yoga, I do everything that I want, a hack. thank God. Obviously, I've got a little bit of bone discomfort, but I'm not, I can't move. I can. And I believe that the cannabis has definitely made a difference
1: to that functional part of my life. Okay, Haley, let's rewind a little bit. Um In fact, we're gonna we're gonna stop and we're gonna take a, a break. But before okay. before we before we do, I just want to give you an idea of what we're gonna come back to. I want to rewind okay. when you were diagnosed. I want to know what the doctors initially said to you. I want to know okay. in terms of okay. treatment what direction you went okay. and what led I'll you tell to the you what I got. It's very it's very traumatic. But,
3: I mean, it's very overwhelming also. So okay, can I have a break and then I'll give you. A
1: Okay, okay, fantastic. We're gonna we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break. Bennett's Baby Bum Cream has been trusted for more than 25 years to help soothe and protect babies' bums. Bennett's Baby Bum Cream is clinically proven to reduce redness, protect against wetness, and suitable for sensitive skin. You apply a thin layer at every nappy change to prevent nappy rash. Bennett's Baby Bum Cream, your trusted solution for nappy rash. And for more information, go to www.bennettsforbabies.co.za or or email us at info at za.
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL link.
1: If you've just tuned in, welcome, welcome. This is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. I am Nikki Seberini and thoroughly enjoying the show. I hope you are too. This, of course, is the show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. We're talking about alternate complementary therapies. We're talking about asking doctors questions. We're talking about questioning the type of treatments that you're going on. And and I just want to say in no way... um, Are we saying that we're undermining any kind of treatment or chemotherapy or any doctor or any oncologist or anything like that really, it's an opportunity to have a discussion about all types of treatment and just the the, the power of choice and the power of information. So, um, I have our, I'm not going to call her our warrior. Um, she <laughs> is our incredible, uh, and, 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 uh, inspirational storyteller, I would say. Haley Frank. Um, Haley, welcome back. Just before the break, I said to you, or I asked you the question when you were first diagnosed, what did the doctors tell you? What was the prognosis? What was the suggestion in terms of treatment?
3: Okay, so when I was first diagnosed, the mine was a broken bone. So I was straight into hospital, so I didn't really have time to kind of integrate what was going on. But on a level, I kind of knew that I'll do my best to stay Functional for as long as possible and I won't say no to treatment but I will be, definitely be very clear on why I would take the treatment. So I went to Carol Ben and I'm sure all your listeners know her and she's absolutely, for me she was amazing. I mean she's just the most kindest, warm-hearted, compassionate doctor yeah. which you don't find. Mm-hmm. But she is a breast surgeon and people get confused regard- around Carol. Carol is not an oncologist. She sits with oncologists. She has meetings with oncologists, but she's a breast surgeon.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: However, she has a lot of team people working with her. Right. So after I saw Carol, because a friend from a friend got me in. I mean, that woman works till eleven, twelve o'clock at night. I with believe so. I believe so. She's amazing. So anyway, after she saw me, I mean, then it was from oncologists, oncologist, oncologist. So I saw three. I interviewed three oncologists. You
1: interviewed three oncologists.
3: Yeah, I interviewed three <laughs> oncologists. And at the end of the, after certain issues and what came up, causes and conditions that made me make a decision, I made a decision to go to a doctor. And I don't know if I can mention names, but I went to a doctor at the Donnie Gordon Center and I liked him in the beginning. However, at the Donny Gordon Centre, for me, it's like a cattle market. You know everyone, everyone knows you. Mm. It's kind of like a chateau, I can't explain. It's very, for me, it was very distressing. And for me, the doctors kind of say, your mother, look to my children, talk to my children. Your mother needs to look at chemo. I'm like, excuse me, the mother is sitting here and the mother doesn't need to look at chemo. The mother will look at options.
1: So that I, I, I mean, that's very brave have, of you, Haley. It's very, very brave no, of you when you have that kind of a diagnosis. You know. I can
3: tell you right now, you know what, at the end of the day, you can choose how you're going to view your life and how you're going to live your life. And at the end of the day, the quality of your mind is absolutely dependent on how you think. Wow. And how you suffer. Right. I mean, if you just look at it, you can see, for me, it's just been proven over and over and over again. With all the scans and all the blood tests and all the anxiety and all the worry. And at the end of the day, it makes absolutely no difference. You can only do your best. Hmm. Right. So I mean, so basically, but what happened with my doctor, so he was very, I mean, very wanted to live, obviously. I mean, they'll do whatever they can, but I also, and he did not, he wasn't against cannabis. None of the doctors that I have met are against cannabis. They all add, say yes, but they can't give you more than that. Yeah. Because they're not allowed, you know what okay. I mean? So it's difficult. But anyway, so what happened with him? So, but anyway, I had an issue with him, and I found an amazing. So, I went onto the internet and I looked up integrative oncologists, and I found
1: two here yeah, in so in was, Joburg, in Joburg, an yeah, integrative yeah, oncologist.
3: Yeah. Okay. I found two, and they're not against chemo, but they're open to listening to your story, okay, your requirements who you are as a person and your beliefs. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not going to just say to someone, put mustard gas in me because you think I should live three more months. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, I think it's so, we're so attached to our physical bodies and we think that we're so real that we are petrified. And I'm I'm also scared. Mm. Not not scared. Of course I'm scared. I mean, I'm relatively scared. Do you know what I'm saying mm. to you, Of course. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's just... I mean, this doctor... So I finally found a doctor in Pretoria. She is amazing. She listens to me. I'm doing so well with her. Do you know that this doctor doesn't even talk about stages of cancer? She doesn't even do tumor markers every month because she knows how anxious the patients get. Mm. My daughter just got married last month. I said to I'm not doing scans or blood tests until after my child is married. She absolutely listened to me and agreed with me. Sure. She For sounds three wonderful. three months, I had nothing, nothing. I just carried on with the medication. Obviously, we change medication, You see this stuff happening. I'm not not on a medication. I am. I do take traditional medicine. Well, like so what medication inhibited. are you on, Hayley? Is it chemotherapy? So I've been on lots of medication. I've been on a chemo pill. I've been on this medicine, that medicine. But now... We're trying something, what is progesterone, progesterone inhibitor okay. instead of an estrogen inhibitor. So my cancer, my diagnosis of cancer is estrogen positive that has metastasized to the bone. Mm-hmm. So um, every cancer is different. Yeah, You know, so every, I mean, breast cancer, they tell you stage four, but it's not like kidney cancer stage four. Yeah. Because as soon as it's gone out of, apparently, as soon as it's out of some breast tissue, and already somewhere else. It's already considered stage, stage four. Stage four, okay. Yeah. Okay. So and then on like the alternative side, I do a lot. You know, I've just done a, I do, And now I'm kind of in a routine. I do lots of Bikram yoga, hot yoga, because mm. I feel it's good for my bones. I do yenga yoga. I do lots of meditation. I love all my teachings, that mm. I do a lot. Yeah. I'm just like a sponge. I can't get enough of, like, just, Teaching from all over, rabbis and then teachers and everything. Do you know what I mean? Just like learning. It's just amazing. So I kind of, I'm on like a journey that I feel actually quite comfortable now, but I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
3: no guarantee. So, I mean, you just, so I'm just doing my best and I'm on back on the cannabis because I stopped for a month and I definitely felt the difference. There was no doubt in my mind that, and that I could feel physically and a bit of, I think, emotionally the difference. But I'm on high doses, Nikki.
1: How, how do you take your cannabis, Hayley? So, look, in the beginning, you know, it's
3: also very scary because, I mean, it costs a fortune. When I was first diagnosed, I went to, you know, in the community, and, I mean, I'm very interested in, like, alternative medicine, so there's plant medicine. I don't know if you've ever spoken to the people from plant medicine I mean, there's Jewish people that work with that kind of stuff. You know, these plants are amazing. I mean, they a sacred medicine. I mean, why would they be here if they didn't help you? No one wants to think that it's recreational. If you want a recreational drug, it's a different story. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To this yeah. Is for medicinal purposes, and if it helps your health, if it helps someone that's got pain from arthritis, like, why not? Why would you want someone to suffer when they don't have to?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It doesn't make sense to me, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, I kind of, I kind of honour this in a way. I can't explain to you. It's a strange feeling, you know, in one, in a one, in one way, like I'm so grateful that it's come into my life. I don't know how long I'm going to live and I don't even really think about it, to be honest with you. I really don't. I mean, it's obviously once or twice, but I try my best to be mindful not to, get myself lost in thoughts
1: about that but what about your kids Haley? I mean you spoke about well, your I daughter my getting
3: married like my children I can tell you like I, can, I can't remember I, I was a single mom so my children had been with me since they were nine and seven yeah. but I had an amazing mom who's passed away who was the most amazing mother to my children as well you know mm-hmm. so they kind of had surrogate parents not that I wasn't there of course I was you know so, and my kids, my daughter's married, she's got the most amazing husband, she just got married, they're so happy. I mean, of course I love my children and I would hate to not be here to see them have children or whatever. My son's also got a girlfriend, but I mean, I, they don't belong to me. I'm not, I, don't, I don't have to be here, they can survive without me. They and don't want to see me suffer. Yeah, and,
1: and, also, and also with your uh, choice. It makes sense. Yes, no, it Not makes sense. Like, yeah. it, it makes sense. What I'm, what I'm asking in terms of your mm. children is, you know, you've made How do they feel about How it? do they, they feel me? That, that you, you know, do, have they said to you, Mom, Absolutely, just, 100% behind me. Are they? Uh, 150 million percent. My daughter's
3: much more Jewish than me and my son, you know, in uh, in a religious point of view, you know, not spiritually, but she likes all the, the traditional part of Judaism. Mm-hmm. But um they absolutely agree. I mean, we saw my late boyfriend without chemo. I mean, cancer, but chemo, you cannot, uh, for me, it's just like you ask your doctor a question. I ask my doctor the question. Dr. Portugal, will chemo therapy cure me? What will it do for me? And then the person needs to very really properly listen to the answer, because people don't want to hear what the doctor says. Doctor said, "Your tent will not cure you." Why then would someone say put that into your body? Uh,
1: the reason I'm so silent, Adi, is oh. because just Haley, <laughs> just because. Literally, just because before we spoke to you, Doctor Peter Gidden, who's written this book, "The MD Emperor Has No Clothes," says there are ten important questions you must ask your doctor, and one of the yeah. questions is: Will, will chemotherapy? What will it do? Will Absolutely. it kill me? Why
3: won't you ask a question? I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't would you ask the doctor? Would you give that to your child? I'm not saying don't. I'm saying it depends on. Where you are in your life, who are you, what are your beliefs, what stage is your cancer? I mean, a lot of people have used chemotherapy and it worked. Yeah, absolutely. Millions. 20 years I mean, it they worked talk about for having cancer, of 20 Lance Armstrong is a typical example, and he ate sugar yeah. during his treatment. I mean, non stop, those McDonald's, whatever. Mm. Haley, <sighs> we're going to take a break. Things. We're mm. going to take okay, a break. No Stay problem. with us,
1: Haley. We're going to be okay. right back. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. This is the DL Link Show. I'm Nikki Seberini and this is one oh one point nine High FM Haley Frank um is on the show at the moment. She is uh, a breast cancer um survivor and she's sharing her story i love that haley talks about um you know she doesn't see herself as a warrior um she she doesn't even really think about the fact that she has cancer it's part of of her as as you've described it haley um i i, I just want to before we do say goodbye haley cuz you know you've been so inspiring because of your very different way and your of, of dealing with it your your outlook I'm, i i find it incredibly inspirational you talk about, you know, you don't know how long you have to live. I don't know how long I have to live. No exactly. one knows. It's a yeah. mystery to all yeah. of us whether we're going to wake Absolutely. up tomorrow. And if we do, it's an absolute yeah. blessing. So the way yeah. forward for you, Hayley. Um, you know what? How Can far I ahead me the way do you forward plan? For me? I have yes.
3: short-term goals. Yeah. So I don't do anything like long-term, like I'm going on in the end of this month, which, I mean, let's keep going. I mean, I'm healthy. I feel good, you know. But you never know. I mean, what guarantee have you got that the Yudha heh which is God breathing you every second or every day, is guaranteed to give you another breath in life? We you have no guaranteed. guarantee.
1: No, nothing.
3: You've got to sleep at night, you cannot wake up.
1: Yep. you know
3: what I mean? So I have short-term goals. For instance, I'm going to a partner retreat a a in a few weeks' time. I'm seeing an amazing teacher that's coming out from the States in June, teaching so I mean I did goals like two months and I don't worry and freak out about six months because you never know so I'm not prepared to even go there it is what it is and it's the only way that I believe that you can cause yourself less suffering because if if you ask someone what do they want out of their life every single person will tell you I want to be happy and I don't want to suffer well Better change your mind, it's never going to end. Mm. And it does never end, actually. Mm. The suffering actually never ends because something always happens and the joy never ends. It's not only the suffering and the, and the joy, it's both.
1: Hayley, what's your greatest lesson yeah. that you've learned on this journey?
3: You know, I must be honest, for me, <laughs> my like, um, amazing kind of understanding is like, recognizing that there is a way out of suffering. And for me, those are the Buddhist philosophies. And it doesn't mean I bow down to a Buddha. It means I acknowledge the awakened mind of a human being. Mm. Possibility. Mm. Mm. So, and I mean, I kind of like just lean towards that kind of teaching them. It's helped me a lot mm. in my life. Mm. Being in the and present moment. And not that I don't moment, listen to Buddhism. I mean, to Judaism. I mean, I'm listening to the most amazing teacher, Rabbi, now that's talking about this month, which is a month of healing. Yeah. Yeah. The month of life, I mean, the month of healing, I embrace it all because for me, that's like the, the path to liberation. Yeah.
1: Well, Haley, as I said, just Thanks, so man. wonderful hearing, yeah. just climbing so, into mean, your like, you mind know, and yeah, heart so for a while. while. The protocol that I do, the, you know, I think, and also, I just want
3: to mention one thing, and I mean, people, I follow the blood group diet, which has helped me amazingly. Yeah in my health, Mm -hmm. in my feeling, you know. So, I mean, lots of people, because I used to not eat meat when I first was diagnosed and I went vegan, but then my iron went low. So, i changed my protocol according to what's going on in my life in that
1: moment. Okay, because nothing in life stays the same. Everything's changing and shifting all the time. I mean, those are the teachings. I mean, when you listen to the teachings of, even, I'm sure, Judaism,
3: we're all the same. I mean, the fact of life is that we get old, everyone dies, Everything changes. I mean, and people get sick. It's a fact of life. You don't die of nothing. Mm. Well, some people do. I mean, they go to sleep and don't wake up, which is amazing. But how many have that opportunity?
1: <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Hayley. <laughs>
3: yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just day by day. Oh, that's wonderful. That's how I live. Very inspiring. And I wake up every morning. I just say thank you. I just say thank you, God, for my life. I mean, I do every day.
1: Yeah, as we all should. Haley, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Absolutely. It's been a delight. It's been Lovely having you on the show that, um, again. just
3: please, God, that everyone that's suffering just finds a way out. You uh, know? Too really.
1: true. To absolutely yeah. amen, amen to okay. that, and wishing you vitality and also thank you everyone good health. Please yeah. God, thank you, thank you so Haley. Much. Go well. Thanks for joining Lovely us. Lovely talking. thank okay. you, you. Bye bye. Haley Frank, um, and being very frank about her life, about her treatment, about her path, and you know this has been a show where we're just trying to get you to kind of extend your thinking, your options, your idea, your relationship with yourself your body, your life, your others, the present moment, your mind, your doctors. Um, and it's great to sometimes have that little bit of space between a reaction, a feeling, and just knowing that within that space there's choice and that within that space you have so much power and you have so much control and um and it's all yours And I just hope we we gave you that little bit of an inkling Because that's what I'm walking away with today So it has, as it always is Been an absolute privilege If you have missed part of the show Or any of the shows in the past All the shows are podcasts You just have to go to the Chai FM website Just click on Podcasts And it's called Life Links Click on that, look for the date And you can download and listen to the show Of course, if you'd like to be in touch with the DL link If you'd like to help in any way Whether it's donations or volunteering of your time, give them a call on 011-485-3269. For me, Nikki Seberini. until next week, take care. Goodbye.